Welcome back to Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios of Relay365.com. And the last podcast and this one, I've been talking to my daughter, Sarah. She's my younger one. And she, if you listen to the last one, and I invite you to go to Relay365.com and download it if you did not get it before you listen to this one. Because we talked about her journey through college and her journey to Honduras as a mission Aerie. Aerie. <laughs> As a missionary. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. She can finish my sentences. She grew up in our home. So then now she's a social worker in a school in Milwaukee. And I was asking her last program what the difference between psychology and social work was. And I know that when somebody calls her to be a counselor, I see that the hairs on the back of her neck stand up a little bit. She's not a counselor. <laughs> she's a social worker. So why don't you set the record straight? If there's a social worker in a school, what is their job? So technically, a school social worker is a connector. So we connect, we're a connector between um, the school, home, student, and family, and community. Okay. There's a way more formal way to say it, but that's the gist of it. So what is your overall goal? So, um, you know, school social work looks different. In different schools. Okay. Um, in our school, I was the first social worker um, because I was actually a founding staff member. It's a young school. Okay. Um, and so I was able to and kind of... And it is a Christian school, yes. just for the record. Yep. Okay. It's a Christian school in the south side of Milwaukee. So, okay. Um, but it's in an urban population. So it's what's called a choice school. Right. Um, and that means that you have to... You can go for free as long as you fall under specific income guidelines, so the poverty guideline, basically. Okay. Um, but I created the role, and really, we do a lot of um, crisis intervention. So a student has a crisis, maybe they're having a panic attack or something or other, and we take them into our office and assess them. Yeah. Now, in schools, our goal is to get them back into their class and to be okay. Um, but our school is very aware that if the student is struggling emotionally, they're not going to be concentrating on their class. Um, it's kind of like um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. You better explain that. <laughs> it's basically where, you know, you need to understand that if a student's basic needs aren't met, they're not going to be uh, able to excel academically or excel in social areas or whatever. They need they need to make sure that the baseline is is set because otherwise they're worrying about what am I going to eat at home? What am I going to do when I get home and someone's yelling at me right. or whatever? So that's what we take care of. Um, so we assess the student. We kind of we, – we do do crisis counseling, um, but we don't do long-term counseling. Right, of course. Well, and again, that would depend on your definition of counseling. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're more of a crisis um, – you, you you get in the middle of it right. and try and figure out what you need to do to solve it. Right. So we help the kids while they're in the school. Um, you know, maybe we're just helping them cope with something or grieve through something. And we use basic basic therapeutic techniques. Um, and then in, in our school, you know, it's really nice because we're a Christian school. So we can then, we can talk more about this, but we can then move them into, okay, what does Jesus say about this? What does God say right. about this? He's your steady. Um but then, um, you know, maybe this student is needing long-term counseling uh, with a therapist. So then that's when we connect them with the community and the, you know, counseling agencies that are out there. 
um, or maybe they just have some more severe mental health concerns and they can't make it through a whole school day and they need to go to a half day program for half the day and then half the day at um, the school, our school. And so we, we connect them with that and then we're kind of the big communication people. So we go and talk to the principal and the secretary about attendance and the principal about you know, how can this look? How can this work to get the student the help that they need, but also succeeding academically? So who ultimately decides what help they need? Is that you? We do an assessment and we decide what we think it would be best through our professional judgment. And then you judgment. hand it to? And then, you know, if it's a referral outside of our school, we talk to the parents. Okay. And then. So kinda... is your day, how many students go to your school? We have 1,200, I think, right and now. And how many are you a social worker for? I am a social worker for our sophomore and junior classes, so that's going to be... Just a guess. It does. I know it probably isn't I think accurate. like 300, 250 maybe. And are you kept busy? Yes. Are you? So, I am so like running So these connections are important. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of connections. I mean, and part of our job is connecting with the community and, you know, knowing what resources are out there or bringing in, you know, this year we brought in... Um, a doctor who spoke to our students about vaping because that right. was a big deal this year, you know, just in the, the culture or right. the community, I think any community. Um, so we do that. And then we also do groups on various topics. So at the beginning of the year, I give the students a survey and ask them what they want to um, learn more about or improve on. And so then the, the top five topics or whatever, we'll try and hit with some groups or some education. Right. Um, throughout the year. So that could be something like self-esteem. They want to get better with that or anxiety is a big one. Um, problem solving we did <clears throat> this year. So do you have a good relationship with the teachers? Yeah. So our, how, do, how do they view you? They view at, at our school, they really view us as a, a teammate. Okay. So a lot of times teachers will come in and say, Hey, I've got this kid. I'm worried about this kid. They don't just don't look right today or they they're acting different. So then I'll just pull the kid in my office and say, Hey, like, are you okay? Yeah. What's going on? And sometimes they're like, yeah, what, what? Yeah. Education <laughs> is really not just about teaching math or science yeah. or facts or figures or getting people ready for a test. There, there certainly are moments where you're doing those things, Yeah. but they're really, uh, you can't educate somebody who basically is troubled and not thinking about what's going on. Right. And so you have to address that. Right. So then we free up the teachers. They don't have to do all that investigating. They just come into our office. And thankfully, <clears throat> the students, um, it, it's been kind of built to reputation that it's not a weird thing to be in the social worker's office. Right. And so uh, they'll ask a lot of times to come in. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they don't want to talk. because you have cool toys. <laughs> they don't want to talk and they just want a break, which right. all of us need sometimes. And sometimes they do want to talk. And they know that our services are confidential with some limits. Um, right. But... It's it's a nice free place for them to be, and thankfully the staff and the administration are very supportive of that, and they don't ever really yell at us for having a kid in our office right. too long. It needs to complement each other. I'm, I, you come from a long line of educators. If I look at our extended family, it's like everybody's yeah. either a teacher or a social worker. We're all doing something yep. um, that involves teaching, uh, it seems. So that's kind of fun to see. In the same respect, when I grew up, I remember growing up in Chicago, and I, I hated school. Mm -hmm. And then I became a teacher, and then I got my master's, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. I hate school. But the reason I didn't like school is because no one ever, I think, figured me out. I was bored sick. 
Yeah. I really was. I, when I look back on it, as a teacher, uh, my first year teaching, and I only taught three years in the Chicago area, but I remember when a boy, especially because I'm a boy, when they, when they got started behaving poorly or bored, mm-hmm. my first thought was, okay, I'm not moving fast enough for them. They, they just checked out. Yeah. And once they check out, they get into trouble. Right. And so it was trying to figure out, okay, the kids who actually caused the most trouble in my class, in my classes, were the smartest. Yeah. Because they would get it the first time I said it, where the kids in the front row or something, I needed to say it five times. Right. Well, by the time I'm on the fifth time, they're in space somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing something I don't want them to do. So it was very interesting for me to discover that and to think about myself and why I hated school so much. But I, I, I got good grades. Right. I did well. It's just I was bored sick. Yeah. And I, I always told my parents, I just stay home and play football or something. I don't want to go to school. But I, I did, and then I became a teacher, and that's all I've done with the rest of my life. But I think understanding the student is so critical in trying to get the whole package to where it belongs. Right, and that's something we do, too, is, um, you know, obviously there's a limit on what we can tell the teachers about the student. But a lot of times I'll just ask the student, you know, can I let your teacher know you're going through this? Or, you know, a student comes into my office and they're really sad because someone just passed away or whatever. Their grandma passed away, let's say. Um, And a lot of times I'll say, hey, can I just let your teachers know so that if you need to put your head down or you just like are not participating as much as normal that they know that this is going on. So do parents look at you as a threat or a friend? You know, I think we went through a few phases of that. I think, you know, my first year there, term social worker, title social worker, I think I had to really um, work on developing the reputation that I'm on their side and that I'm, I'm a Why, team. What reputation would social workers have? So typically um, people see social workers as like child snatchers. <laughs> okay, explain that. So they'll, they see the term social worker and they think of um, child protective services. And I think there's lots of different reputations for that, depending on the state that you're in and how they function. Um, but I think most people are just afraid that you're looking to take your, their child away. Yeah. When really, I mean, even Child Protective Services, that's the last thing they want to do. Yeah. They will do it if the child is deemed to be unsafe. Um, but that's not my job. My right. job, yes, I'm a mandated reporter. But I think to get the point across that every single school employee is a mandated reporter. So right. that's really not my only job. And it's not really the, the biggest thing that I do at all. And, and once I make that call, you know, if I do think a student is at risk, um, I hand it off to Child Protective Services. Yeah. It's so, not So are anymore. parents kind of defensive when you do contact them because you're a social worker? You know, I don't find that so much anymore. Okay, but you did at one point? Every once in a while it'll happen. I think it depends on their experience and what they've heard and what they've seen. Yeah. Well, you know what, to me, again, if, if I were just in a broad-based, big brush you know, I would look and say, yeah, social workers, when a child's getting hurt or abused at home, they go take them out. Right. Uh, okay. So even I have that yeah. viewpoint Yeah. that if a social worker shows up at your door. <laughs> they're not there to help. Yeah. They're not <laughs> there to help you. They're yeah. there to take your child away. And, and that's really not always the case. No. And even, you know, like I said, I don't work in that realm, but even I know that in that realm, if they take your child their goal is to get them back to you right? or keep them with the family. So they'll look for an uncle or an aunt or someone, their, their last priority. And I, you know, don't want to speak out of turn, but from my understanding, their last priority is 
placing them out of home or out of family. Really? Yeah. So, so I could say to people, you know what? Love your kids. Do what's right. And look at the social worker as a partner and friend that can help you. Yeah. And likewise, I would tell you the same about police. I would tell you the same about those who are in, in any service like that. Their goal isn't to hurt you or take something away. Their goal is to make it so that you can live a successful life. And, and honestly, if you're going to do what you should do or you're confused because you, you don't know what services you need, use them to help you. Right. Okay, I was listening to a teacher. Actually, I was reading an article by a teacher who is considered a very successful teacher. And this successful teacher was somebody who basically asked the students this question on day one of school. Uh, they said, what is it that you haven't told your teacher but you would love to tell your teacher? Hmm. And she said the responses that she got changed how she taught. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids answered, you know, my mom hates my dad and they're fighting all the time. Right. Or, I mean, things that you probably should never tell anybody else that's going on. But they were, I think they were first, second graders. Yeah. Or something. And all she was doing was trying to get into their heads a little bit and say, you know, I, I realize I'm teaching more than math. Right. And the answer, she showed some answers, which were amazing to me. You know, uh, kids who are talking about, you know, somebody maybe on drugs or mm -hmm. somebody, I, I mean, that kind of thing. It's like, whoa, these are the children I'm dealing with, and I have to actually know those things in order to help them become who they should become so that I can teach them. And that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Teachers need to make that effort. Oh, completely. And that's when it's, we find it really, really difficult when a teacher just, you know, hands them off to the social worker right. and doesn't dig in a little bit because then the student doesn't build that rapport with them. And then you almost see more behavior problems or more like the teacher just disciplines the student more because they don't have that rapport with them. Um, so that's incredible that that teacher did that. And it's interesting. You can see what teachers do build that rapport with the students because for example you know it's incredible what you uh, what kind of referrals i get you know i may get a referral from a gym teacher because he asked them to write down something or other and there was a concerning thing that the student wrote and right. so then you know not only do, does the teacher maybe talk to them but then they kind of refer them to me and say i'm really concerned because they wrote this or that now does everything that children report is it true you know, we're in in my profession. We're taught to believe the child until it's proven otherwise. Okay. Um. So that's the the stance that I take is that I'm going to believe them, and then if I find out later that it's not true, well then, okay, so be it. Um. But I'd rather believe them than. Now, how often do you have to get? Uh, I mean, in general, not. I don't want to talk specifically your school, mm -hmm. but when is it that you call like a, a different authority, and and who would you call? I mean, do you call? For example, in our county, there are social workers that work with the county Department of Health or right. whatever. Social services? Yeah. Is that what they yeah. Okay. Child so, Protective Services, yeah, so the Department if, of Families. If, if we have a problem, we call them. Yeah. If you have a problem at school, you're the social worker. And I'm not talking, again, necessarily your school. Right. But where do you go next? So, um, you know, typically our standard is if there's a concern of safety. So is when we have to do like a... A rapid referral um so and the kids know that we're very honest with okay we have to break confidentiality if someone is hurting you um you're hurt you're threatening to hurt somebody else or um hurting you hurting someone else 
or you're going to hurt yourself. You're a danger to yourself. Okay. And actually something's gotten added onto that recently, which is um, you're threatening the school. Okay. So if there's an active threat in place or they're getting hurt, um, that's when they know we have to call authorities. So whether that be, and that's with any social worker. So whether that be um, child protective services, if it's involving abuse, if it's involving a threat of suicide, um, then we call the parents usually. But sometimes, you know, you got to assess the situation and see like, you know, is this abuse that's leading to the student wanting to commit suicide or whatever. And so it just is, it's a balance of who you call, but it's, it really comes down to those three things of, um, threat of danger to yourself, others, or someone's hurting you. Okay. Now we started this whole conversation trying to figure out the fact that you weren't a counselor, but you were a social worker. Yeah. So now I'm more confused than when we started because (laughs) it, it sounds to me like you do an awful lot of counseling. Yeah. And your psychology background then, Right. And school was beneficial to you. Do you have to have a certain degree to do what you do? Um, yeah. So I have a master's of social work. I got that after I got back from Honduras a couple of years after. Um, master's of social work. And then I also recently got licensed as a school social worker because that's a... So I'm licensed as a state social worker under the Department of Health. Okay. And then I'm licensed as a school social worker, which is a licensure through the Department of Instruction. And how do you get those licenses? Do you, do you just apply for them and you have experience or do you have to, what do you have to do to get So for the state license, um, it's a very big test. Um, and then you have to keep up with continuing education credits every two years. Um, and that's, you have to have your master's of okay. social work to get that license. And then for the, um, the school social work license, thanks, thankfully, you already have to have your master's, but usually it's a different route, so you take different classes. So I just had to take a few classes that had to do with education, um, and then I had to turn in a portfolio, like teachers have to turn in portfolios. Okay. So, and, and it depends on your state and stuff if you have to take a test or not, but I had to turn in a portfolio, which basically proved my competence in school social work, um, like all the competency areas. All right. School social work. So, you know, it sounds to me like it's an ideal situation for somebody who loves God and loves people to be a social worker in a public spot where you can help people who need help. Right. Because basically that's what you're looking for. You're constantly looking for somebody that needs help. Right. We're not looking for trouble. Right. Which is what a lot of people may see social workers as. We're really looking to help and to prevent things from getting worse and to connecting people with the services that they need, whatever it might be, food, basic needs, or, you know, long-term counseling and therapy. Um, And that's why I say, you know, counselors are long-term, more long-term therapists. Right. In the school, school counselors, um, you know, that's another title. That's another degree. Um, and they do. Didn't they just help you figure out what college to go to? I mean, that's what they did when <laughs> yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. And we have those. We call them college and career guidance counselors okay. or something like that. But school counselors, a lot of times, are the ones that are doing more of the teaching. So they go room to room and they teach social emotional skills, like tier one. So, like to everybody. The school social workers do more of the, the tier two social work, uh, like crisis counseling interventions and stuff like that so it does it's very blurry line a lot of people really don't understand the difference between the two and a lot of schools utilize school social workers to do both yeah you know so and that's kind of where you know it it, it's fine it's just depending on what school does what and so that's why there's my title was school counselor (laughs) for a year and then I wanted to 
move it back to school social worker because I, I want to not run from the stigma of being a social worker, but face it head on and right. say, no, I am a social worker. I'm proud of being a social worker. And I want you to understand what a social worker is right. rather than change my title. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've always found a- actually working with my mom when she was in a facility that, you know, she needed help and those kinds of things. The social workers that were involved were very kind and they, they basically were there to say, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Let's get this thing right. solved. They really weren't there to hurt anybody. Yeah, I think a lot of times our, our title should be changed to like problem solver and, and investigator. <laughs> yeah, I, I've thought often and I know what you do at, at your school and I've, and I've actually been to your school and I think, you know what, all you do is go in every day and face problems. That's yeah. all you do. And yep. then you go home. Yep. Uh, and that's your whole job. Your your job description is face problems. Yeah, and solve uh, them. Yeah, well, if you even can. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, is it, does it ever get to where your, your heart's just broken? You can't solve something? It is. I mean, you know, I was just talking with some teachers the other day saying we got to remember we're not their savior because right. there's something in, in social work and psychology that we call the savior complex. And when you look at it from a Christian perspective, it becomes even more like obvious of right. that. Um, but we can't save them. We can be for, there for them. We can support them. We can give them all the resources in the world. But in the end, it's their choice to use them or their parents' choice. Right. And we have to kind of let that go and not be their savior. And then, you know, in the Christian perspective, that's what's really cool is that I can tell them about Jesus. You know, you can't ever force anyone to accept Jesus' gift of salvation. And um, so it's the same thing. I think that's why it's been a pretty simple concept for me to grasp is I can't solve or, you know, save them from the problems that they face, but I can walk through it with them. And same with their Christian journey. I can present them with the gospel. I can give them the choice and the option of God and then they choose and I can also trust that God is with them after school and during the summer and so that gives me a freedom of okay you know as long as I know I've done the best I could ethically you know in my profession and given all the resources and I give 110 percent a day you know then I have to just understand that really in the end I'm not the one in control and God is. Right. Is that something you had to learn or does that come natural? I think it was pretty natural for me okay. because I have that trust in God. <laughs> right. And you have a background where you've been involved in that all your life. Right. Right. I've seen others. Um, you know, I, I think everybody, it, it's different. You know, even with teachers, teachers, yeah. other social workers, whatever. Everyone has different experiences with that and different ability to feel comforted and like, Okay, did I do enough? Yeah. Um, my my philosophy is if I can go home and and still sleep well, right. then I've done my job. Yeah. So and um, I I'm giving it up enough. So mm-hmm. I I just remind teachers of that, and you can almost see the relief on someone's shoulders when you tell them like you can't be their savior. Yeah. Well, you know <clears throat> what? We feel responsible, and we yeah. need to we need to make sure everything works well. Yeah. Well, you can't. I need to make sure that my life is what it should be, and that's why I love the phrase "enjoy God, enjoy people." I need to make sure I'm doing those two things. And when those two things are done, a lot of other things are okay. Right. And if you're not doing those things, well, then you're going to be out of whack. Right. You know what I mean? And so start with some of the basics. And when you do that, it works. You remind me of a story uh, several years ago, a, a young man that went through our college and, and basically took all the Bible courses, came to me one day and said, you know, I'm rejecting all this. I'm just rejecting it. And I thought, I looked at him and said, well, that's your problem. Yeah. And he just looked at me funny, like everyone else is sitting me down and lecturing me. I said, well, you know what? 
You want to do that, do that. But I tell you, your life is going to be a wreck. Mine right. isn't. Yours right. is. And he looked at me funny, and I just said, do me a favor. He said, what? Call me in five years and tell me how your life's going. And uh, he actually called me in about three years and told me he was a wreck. He was a drug addict and an yeah. and a, and a alcoholic and all this stuff and asked me if I could help him again. And today I think he's doing rather well. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I, yes, was my heart broken? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. But I'm not the guy in charge of changing that person. Right. But I am to put an effort forth to teach him or to show him or to love him. I, I, I think there's a balance there. You could get callous where you just don't care right but you can't not care right you got to care but understand that it's not up to you yep and that's a i think that's tougher uh to do than i just said i mean i think for people uh, because we put so much value on whether it works or not right so you could be a great social worker you you personally Uh and still get crucified oh yeah because jesus was jesus right and he got rejected. Right. So it, it, the, the goal in life is to know what truth is and to stand on it and to enjoy it. Right. To love people and to really have the goal of solving the problem. Right. And, in, you know, in my job, that goal, I, I have to give everyone the opportunity to know who Jesus is and their hope in him because I can give them all the psychological techniques in the world but if they don't have that and it's almost like working in a secular place you have to like tie your hands right Right. and not go that far unless they bring it up because of all the rules and in the christian school i'm able to really give that hope and say here's how you can really long term have hope and trust and yeah it might not change overnight but that that's how i can really know that i've done my job well is giving them all the information and not holding back well, this will excite you. At Silver Birch Ranch, we're working on developing a facility called the Wolf River Refuge that's going to specialize in helping foster children. Yeah. And um, we already have a retreat here for kids who have been adopted. And it's one of our uh, most popular things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really quite amazing to find people. There are certain people out there that know how to work with right. children who have been neglected, who have been abused, who have been... Um, basically not in a family func- that's functioning. Right, right. And uh, what we want to do is continue to develop places where we can meet their needs. And again, it's interesting. Sarah's talking about, yeah, as social worker, this is how we do it. Well, yeah, here at camp, this is how we do it. Right. You know, you're constantly looking for ways to meet the need. And that's what I want to encourage our listeners to do. Look around you and say, how can I help meet the need? Not how can I judge somebody for what they're doing. Right. Not how can I look at them and condemn them. But what can I do to be a positive influence on them and help them change for the positive? And a lot of times it's giving them a, a really good example to, to look at. Right. And again, there's choice involved. So yeah. that's what we do, you know, with discipline issues, too, is part of my role as a school social worker is to ask them, do you want to change? Yeah. Do you want help? And that changes the discipline route. If yeah. they want help. It's in my hands. And if you ever read stuff I write, a lot of times at the end of it, I go, for now, the choice is yours. And I always usually end with the idea of choice because it is your choice. And it's important that you realize that it's your choice and what you spend your time thinking about, what you spend your time doing. And uh, I hope that more of our listeners uh, today that have been listening are excited about the fact that they can position themselves to help people 
and not judge them, not, not hurt them, but help them and look for that opportunity. Well, I'm Dave Wager with you again, and the program is Younger Older. I've been with Sarah Wager, my youngest daughter. She's a social worker. And you can go to Relate365.com and download this and other episodes of Younger Older. Thank you very much. See you next time.